and profit. I think that when we think about investment, people invest and they love to invest not only for impact, but also for the return. It's fun to see your investments and your hard earned money go into something that's making a change. Welcome. I am Camilla Jeffs, a 20-year student of money. I'm an introvert who started out broke and full of fear. Fast forward to today, where I've conquered the secrets of getting my financial house in order, become a professional investor, and built a business that supports my family. And I'm going to show you exactly how I did it. We're going to talk about getting in the game as a real investor building a business to support you and passing on wealth strategies to the next generation. Think of this as your one-stop shop for all things money. This is the Quiet Wealth Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Quiet Wealth Podcast. I'm super excited today because we have an amazing guest on our show. But first, if you're new here, welcome. I'm so excited that you've joined us here at Quiet Wealth. We talk about a couple of things. We're all about empowering Gen X women to really thrive financially. And what we do here at Quiet Wealth, we talk about investing, business building, and generational wealth and how you can really set yourself up for success. So today I have the amazing Ann Olson, who is an impact investor. Now, if you don't know what impact investing is, we're going to have Ann explain it, but it's something that makes me very excited about the future of our world. And so first off, Ann, welcome to the show. And please tell us more about yourself and your journey so far. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is one of my favorite topics. And clearly, I get very excited in speaking about this. My journey is really, really interesting. So first of all, I think, you know, to think back about the amazing things that have happened in my life, as well as the things that are happening in the future is really exciting. And I think some of the big trends that we're seeing that relate to where I am as a person, really focus on the transformational wealth that will be transferred over the next few years to the younger generations. And I think one of the most exciting things about that is that the younger generations really care about social impact. And there are more women investing, there are more younger people investing, and the things that they care about typically are related to education, to social, to the environment, to the climate to making positive changes in the world. And so when we think about impact investing, we talk about impact investing as really focusing on purpose first, followed by people, followed by profit. And I think there's probably a falsehood out there that if you do impact investing, that you don't make any money where that isn't true. So the projects that we focus on at Return on Good are really focused on what is the purpose of the investment? What are we trying to accomplish and help? Who are the people that are involved and what result do they want to see? And then how do we make a profit doing this? And there's a beautiful way to do all three of those things and have them align, especially for younger investors and women in particular. So I love impact investing because it's kind of this beautiful intersection of charity and investing. And so it's a way for you to make some pretty amazing impact in the world, but still have a financial impact for your own family because we know that's important as well. So tell me more about your company, Return on Good. Yeah. Well, I think I apologize. I kind of skipped over the question about background. So... Oh, yes. um, Tell me the background. Yeah, absolutely. So my background was started in the higher education space. So leaving college, I did work for an education 
company and absolutely loved it. We worked with nonprofit institutions, some of the most amazing schools in the world, and really helped them with their branding and their marketing. In 2011, my husband and I started a company focused on digital marketing. We knew higher education was a bit behind in that space. And so we helped clients and schools from the Wharton School to USC, UCLA, NYU, BU, etc. really help use digital as a tool to recruit students. And so it was a really amazing journey. We love the good that education does. We've always worked in a space where we feel like we could contribute a lot of value and go to bed at night feeling really good about the work that we do. And so it was a fabulous experience. In 2019, we had an exit. Our company was sold to venture capital. And at that point in time, it was interesting because we looked at how do we take some of the wealth that we've accomplished and how do we invest in some things that are really potentially going to return social impact? And so not only did we do some pretty traditional investing, but we also looked at who are the companies and the causes that we're passionate about and that we care about. And one of the things that we noticed is that while there are a lot of companies out there, for an early investor, it's a little bit difficult to understand where should I put these funds? Where should I put this money? And how do I evaluate and think about the return on this investment? And so through that journey, we started Return on Good. We have two aspects of our business. So one aspect of our business is helping socially good companies raise investment dollars. And those companies can range anywhere from startup that are looking to raise $250,000 to a million dollars to companies who are further in series ABC who are looking at 10 million to 100 million. And again, these companies are all, they come to us, we evaluate and look at is the passion and purpose aligned with what work we're doing? And then how can we help match them to investors that we feel like can really benefit their bottom line and help them scale and grow their business. We also look at the family office space and the investors there and determine, is this something that we feel like is a good investment for them? So again, we're not registered investment advisors. We're not brokers. We're solely looking at connecting great causes with great investors. The other side of our business really focuses on strategic philanthropy. And so what we do there is help nonprofits, especially newer ones, who are looking to build strategy and structure in their fundraising, how they develop their boards, develop their plan, build an endowment, and actually professionalize their fundraising services. So at the end of the day, all roads align to helping raise dollars for causes we believe in and for investors that we feel like want to do good with their impact. Wow, that's a lot. So I guess tell me about some of the causes that you support, right? What are some of the things you have available right now for investors to invest in? Yeah, there's three major opportunities that I'm really, really excited about. Typically, we have a portfolio of about 10 active projects that we're working on that we're really marketing and bringing to life. The first one is a company called Skywater. And it is amazing. They are doing atmospheric water generation. And what that means is they're literally creating water from the atmosphere. So they actually build facilities that are in drier climates where they use the atmosphere in order to essentially create clean drinking water. And they're starting to scale largely across the state of Texas and then have a footprint that they're excited about bringing about 100 facilities to do this online over the next three to four years. So huge, huge opportunity, great big fundraising audacious goal and new technology that's pretty exciting. The second organization that we're working with that I'd love to highlight and talk about is a company called Utopia. 
And they are started by this brilliant engineer scientist and his name's Ken Newman. And the work that they're doing is looking to utilize food as medicine. And so their strategy is that they come in and do an analysis of your health and what nutrients you need to be the most healthy. So approximately 20% of our GDP in America is spent on healthcare for preventable diseases, diabetes, obesity, heart disease. And their strategy is if we provide people with the right nutrients, according to their body on a daily basis, we can help them live better, more sustainable lives. And so they have thought about every single angle that you could think about in relation to how to do this. And so what they have is IP in relation to intellectual property that's focused on health evaluation, evaluation of your health, and then building of meal plans for you. And so not only do they deliver to your home scientifically healthy, pre-approved for your body meals, but they're fresh in a cooler. You don't need to make them. And they actually have used all recyclable materials and they're brought to your home every day. And so it's just a beautiful way to think about food as medicine and 80% of the diseases, again, being preventable if we're actually eating the right food every day. That's fascinating. I've heard of you know, the businesses that like deliver meals to your house, but I never thought you could have it tailored to your exact you know, chemistry and what you really needed. That's super fascinating. Yeah. One of the other companies that I absolutely love, whether you're into spirits and cocktails or not, is a company called Simple Spirits. And Simple Spirits was started with the idea of socially good spirits. And so for every bottle of spirits that they sell, they provide 20 meals to Feeding America. So the entire intention of their whole company is built around, we can both celebrate with a spirit as well as really have impact on the world we're living in. So the, the entrepreneur, Danny Wharton grad, just brilliant guy who said, I love this idea. And I'm going to look at from everywhere we source our product to how we develop our product to where and how we fulfill our product, really focusing on the social good. And so those three companies excite me right now because they're all across the map from creating water to actually creating spirits to uh, creating uh, health. I guess they all are food and drink, which is fun. But <laughs> yeah, across the board, some just really great companies, again, that will give a fabulous return for their investors, but they're really focused on kind of people and purpose. I love this. I love it so much. <laughs> we can, because I, you know, I talk to women all the time about investments and investing, and they definitely are craving something more than simply a financial return. You know, I, I can tell you, you just glow. Like you, you have this amazing, beautiful life that you are creating so much impact for people. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. We um, have a lot of fun. Yeah. We have a lot of fun in the work that we do. And, to the point on women investing, I did not grow up with a history of having a lot of experience in that. I was a business major focused on marketing, but there was never really a direct teacher or tutorial or lesson that I had in how to do this. And so I love the work that you're doing in educating women on financial literacy. I think that's the first point, understanding your budget and how much you have to invest and then thinking about the strategies for deploying that capital. There are so many resources. I think women are in this beautiful spot right now where there's so many resources for women to actually take advantage of and to talk about and engage in investing and, and talk about with each other some of those types of things. And I think 
specifically, you know, there's resources out there. And I'd love for you to talk about a few of those as well that you have that might be exciting for us to share with other people in our network. Yes. So thank you. Yes. At Primetime Wealth Academy, we are all about creating a solid financial plan over the period of 12 months. So we know that women are so busy and overwhelmed. And sometimes you're just like, oh, another thing for me to do. And so what we do is we provide a financial plan. And the financial plan is one where it covers things like insurance, right? We think you know, women are woefully underinsured. But we also talk about investing, how to invest in, of course, normal stock market investing, but also alternative investments like real estate. I'm a 20-year real estate investor and I love to teach how to invest in real estate and then also impact investing as well. We teach business building because you need that for tax strategies like the, you know, the tax game. And this is where I become a nerd, but I think it's very fun <laughs> to figure out the tax game. <laughs> I'm like, not sure I agree with that, but I appreciate no. it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so the tax game and then just helping women just really have the confidence in taking control of their finances. Because one of the challenges that, that we face, well, there's many challenges that we face, but one is that we live longer than men, which is a beautiful thing. And we should celebrate and support ourselves and be excited about that. However, we need a lot more money than they do to be able to, you know, go through that. And so, you know, we're all about teaching multiple income streams and just, just how to really have that all set up so you can live your life in a beautiful way, however you want to live it and not have money be a problem for you. So that's what we do at our academy. So yes. important, so needed. I think, you know, looking at every age range from I have a daughter in college who we're continuing to work on a budgeting process. And what that looks like life after college when she's off the payroll officially and looking at how she builds her plan for the rest of her life as well. And first job and all of those fun things as an adult. But there's also a number of women, you know, who are back in the workforce after raising children and who are looking at that impact piece, right, for the rest of their lives. And so I just I love the work that you do and feel just so much gratitude for you for helping <laughs> yeah, I said, you know, I also have a daughter in college. She's graduated in December and she and I have had many conversations, but I'm so proud of her. She's just really taken this by the horns. And, and like you, I didn't grow up with a ton of financial education. I had to just do a lot of self-taught and self-learning. And that's one of the reasons I'm passionate about helping other women learn this stuff is because I know that most women did not have, you know, especially the Gen Xers didn't really get that when they were young. But yeah, my daughter has created her own financial plan and she's mapped it all out. And she's going to be a millionaire well before I ever, <laughs> I ever did it. And it'll be great. And I'm just so proud of her for what she's doing. In fact, she is working on a course as well. That's going to be a course for college kids on how to Brilliant. manage their money because she's been able to go through college debt-free and supported herself for most of that. So she's going to share her little tips and tricks and what she's learned. Well, and I think, you know, as I, I think about being a huge advocate of women and financial literacy, it is that whole aspect of teaching, right? Teaching and learning and learning with your children as they go through this experience in life on financial literacy. And early and often, I think, you know, women oftentimes it's an afterthought because conversations don't naturally lend themselves, whether you're at a dinner or a ball game, they don't lend themselves to, well, what did you invest in? And what are your finances looking like in those types of things? And so 
I'm just really excited to bring financial literacy for younger women to the forefront of where they are having these conversations in fifth and sixth grade. I know my son, who is now in high school, he got Robin Hood and he was starting to do, you know, financial investing when he was in seventh and eighth grade. And I don't think sometimes that our daughters have that same conversation. And I think oftentimes it's because the resources aren't there and they don't necessarily lend themselves to that conversation. So as women, I think it's super important not only to teach our daughters, but our sons about this early and often. And again, I think that the opportunity for us as adult women to be able to have these conversations is really important as well. Yes, yes. And a lot of it just comes down to exposure. When I was working in my W-2, I worked in HR for tech companies. And when we were really trying to hire more women into the tech field, because there's a very big difference in between how many men are in it and how many women... So my oldest daughter, she's actually graduated with her degree in computer science. And it's so funny because there's an organization called Girls Who Code. And I told her, I said, you know, I want you to to try this. And it's a summer long program where they go and they learn coding. And I took her the first day and she came home and she was so angry. She's like, mom, I hate it. I don't want to do this at all. I hate it. <laughs> she she wanted me to pull her out. She was just so upset. And right. I said, no, we're not going to pull you out. I want you just to see it through. Right. And then at the end of this program, if you really don't like coding, you can change directions. You can, you know, like, but I want you to try it. You've got to try stuff. And Today, she's graduated with her degree in computer science, absolutely loves coding, and she wants to, and that's going to be her career. So it's, it's pretty funny, interesting how the exposure and not just like once, right? We have to do exposure often and, and we talk about this. And so in, in our family, I have five children and four of those are girls and one boy. And we talk all the time about investing and businesses and, you know, managing our money. So those are really important conversations that need to happen early and often. So, and tell me, let's get back to your company for a minute. So tell me how, if an individual wanted to invest with you in one of your projects, what does it look like? What's the process and what kind of returns could they expect? Yeah. So in relation to investing, it really is specific to the project we're working on. Some of the projects have minimums for investors that they want to have others have, you know, our early seed and they're looking for certain types of investors who are willing to be a limited partner or to be more involved as well. If you're looking to invest, we have a portfolio of resources online that basically highlight and showcase their sort of the pitch decks for each of the projects we're working on. So the suggestion would be come to our website, returnongood.org and check out the projects that we have there. They really, again, span the gamut from a men's mental health toolkit that is launching this October that is really there to help men deal with the idea of mental health and being able to be advocates for it, have tools for it, and not being afraid to socialize and normalize the conversation around mental health issues to, again, simple spirits, which you must be 21, of course, to engage in, engage in that <laughs> investing. But I would suggest that our website's the very best place in order to learn. As far as returns, each of our projects has different levels of returns with different timeframes. So I can't really give specifics on that. But I think if you are looking overall, our philosophy and the paradigm we follow is projects that are returning social good with an above market or at least average market return. Fantastic. That is super great. So tell me more about your 
purpose, people, profit, and you have it in that specific order. So talk to me about that a little bit more. Yeah, it's very intentional. We call it kind of the triple bottom line as it's been defined. And it's very intentionally for us that return on good in that order where the purpose of what someone's trying to achieve is the number one aspect of what we look at when looking at if it's something that we're interested in promoting and talking about. So is the purpose going to impact future generations? Is it going to have an immediate impact on our world? And is that impact potentially global? And nearly all the projects we work with have global impact. And when we think about that, we are a connected global world right now. And the world that our children are going to be living in will be even more global and connected. And so we feel like that's very, very important. So evaluation of the purpose and why someone's working on this project is really important. As far as people, we love working with people who are both in it for the right reason, but also passionate. They're passionate entrepreneurs who started an organization because they believe they can make that change and make that impact. And so every one of our entrepreneurs we feel akin to, we feel like we can easily talk about their passion for their projects and the work that they're trying to do. And profit, I think that when we think about investment, People invest and they love to invest not only for impact, but also for the return. It's fun to see your investments and your hard-earned money go into something that's making a change. And so we feel like, you know, there's a real difference between philanthropy and impact investing, where philanthropy, you write a check and maybe you're involved in the organization volunteering or on a board, but you don't really have accountability for returns. And so I think the big difference between when we think about philanthropy and giving, there's typically a disconnect between you write that check and you're out of the ballgame. Whereas in impact investing, hopefully you write that check and you're invested, you're engaged, and you're watching your returns to see how that how that happens, as well as interested in reviewing quarterly or annually the type of impact that that company is having. And so that whole idea of purpose people profit is really important to us. And in all the investments that we do, as well as the ones that we work on for our clients, that is really the strategy or the thesis that we follow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, so one of my partners, so I do a lot of group investing in multifamily, large multifamily projects. And my favorite partner to support are partners who talk about how they have a different ROI. So, you know, the ROI could stand for return on investment. To them, it means return on impact. And so what we do is we try to achieve the investing trifecta where we have a social return, an environmental return, and a financial return. And so for us in the multifamily space, that means the social return means partnering with other charitable groups such as military placements. So people who have to be there for a little bit or supporting women in transition. So ones who have single mothers who need, need a, you know, so setting aside an apartment for them and helping them out, right? Also creating a community in that apartment complex. And so, you know, there's a lot of deadbeat landlords out there that don't take care of their properties. Don't make them safe. And so we hold community events. Like every month we have an event for our communities to come out and to, you know, we'll do like a drive for backpacks and and things. And so, and we invest in, they're called C-class areas, which is like the working class areas. And so providing housing is really important to us. And then environmental returns, we, we focus on, well, what can we do to really decrease 
the water consumption of the entire building. And so we'll go in and we'll install low flow toilets and, and faucets and things like that to really decrease the water consumption. We'll fix, of course, fix all the leaks things like that. And then same with you know, our lighting. We look at how can we reduce the carbon footprint for this one particular building. Now, it's not global impact like, like you're doing right now, but it is, you know, one at a time and, and, you know, we can do that. And then of course, financial impact, right? So what kind of financial impact can we return for the investors who come into our projects and bring them along the journey so that they can create impact in their own family and really increase their own. So it's always been something near and dear to my heart that we do. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I think any type of impact work, especially when you look at the thesis and what you're trying to accomplish. I love the fact that you're focused on the social, the environmental and the financial. I think that there is so much opportunity to make a difference. And if you look at the sustainable development goals of the UN and what they're trying to accomplish by 2030, there is zero chance that that is going to be accomplished with just government dollars or fully mm-hmm. So we really look at educating and talking to family offices and investors about bringing into the space these types of deals and these types of investments that allow them the opportunity to impact and move the needle on the sustainable development goals and also again, return to their communities, their homes, and, and the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is so fantastic. So, well, and thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been so enlightening and so exciting to talk more about impact investing and what can really happen in, you know, in the world if we, you know, if we all just kind of step up and start to funnel our dollars towards more purposeful investments. I'm so excited to be in this world right now to like be living in this day because there is a lot of opportunity to create impact and to create good. And I, I love the name of your company, Return on Good. Thank it's you. perfect. Name. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I'm such a fan of the work that you're doing. And If anyone is interested, again, Ann Olson, I'm a partner at Return on Good. Our website is returnongood.org. We are a for-profit entity, but helping impact projects and philanthropic causes across the globe. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listener who joined us today. If you are interested in learning more about Anne, we will definitely have her bio and the website in the show notes. And if you're interested in learning more about Primetime Wealth Academy, we also have that in there. Love to have you join us and join in the community, join in the conversation and let's really move things forward. Thanks so much. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining me on the Quiet Wealth Podcast. If you want more, head on over to camillajeffs.com forward slash podcast to get the show notes and dive into other episodes. While you're there, be sure to grab the free guide to building wealth. And if you know a friend who is struggling with money, please send this episode to them. Let's share the wealth in as many ways as we can. Until next time, much success. Much success.